0: Lord, we adore you, we admire you, and we celebrate you in this house this evening. We lift up the name that is above every other name. And we believe, Lord, that you are going to have the final say. In spite of our circumstances, in spite of our challenges, when we know that you are with us, you are the one that ordains every aspect of our life. When we know that you are sovereign, over us we know that there is no reason for us to worry there is no reason for us to be afraid and no reason for us to be confused oh god and tonight we surrender ourselves into your hands come and do what only you can do in jesus mighty name we pray and everybody said an amen 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 amen, amen. come on church amen. 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 amen amen no 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 that's not enough Online folks, can you guys say an amen at least? Uh, Our folks here, they are very tired to say an amen. If you can at least scream an amen on the comments. Amen. Come on now. How many of you believe the Lord is here in this place? What day is it today? We are day 13. Aren't we supposed to go from strength to strength? Or are we supposed to go from strength to less strength or strength to more strength? Strength to more strength. So let us really believe that tonight the Lord will cause deep personal revelation worship to arise in this place, yeah? The Bible says that wherever the presence of the king is, there is rejoicing in that place. There is celebration in that place and the shout of the king is in their midst. The shout of the king, the shout of his name, the praises of the king is there wherever the presence of the king is. So the best way for us to prove that God's presence is here is by praising him, is by lifting up a shout, lifting up thanks to him. Amen. In this season, we've been studying the book of James in the morning. And we've been studying the book of Joel in the evenings. Can, can we all just uh, shift our seats a few rows ahead? There are a few empty seats here. Just come if you can. Uh, anybody that is comfortable to just come ahead, if you can just come ahead. Thank you so much. That's that's good. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, please come, come and fill the empty chairs so that... Uh, that's good. That's good. Thank you so much. That's a blessing. Um, so that... Um, you know, the, one, the, of the purpose of our study and the purpose of our meditation in this season has been that we, each and every one of us, we have to be realigned to the plan, to the purposes, to the mind, to the will of God for our lives in this season. Yeah, that is why we are gathering like this every night. And we've been calling this fasting and worship to emphasize that our breakthrough will not necessarily come because we spoke in tongues for a few hours. A breakthrough will not come because we, uh, uh, you know, give a lot of our time. A breakthrough will come because of our willingness to worship and to adore and to praise Him in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our challenges, in the midst of our uh, problems or adverse situations, when we are still willing to Lift the name of Jesus. We are still willing to worship Him. We are still willing to exalt Him. That is when our breakthrough, our victory will truly come. Amen? Anything that you remember from what we've been learning from the book of Joel? Uh, we have reached chapter 2 and almost in the center of the chapter. What do you remember from Joel chapter 2 so far? Anything that... Anything that uh, You remember from Joel chapter 1 and chapter 2. You can open your Bibles, you can cheat, you can... Yes, Zahal. Sorry? I can see her putting her hands up. She has something to say? Yeah, what do you remember, Zahal? I can't hear. Okay, that's good. She got the genealogy correct. She said that Joel is the son of Bethuel. Bethuel, sorry, Bethuel. So uh, that's good, because that's one verse we used to read every mo- every every evening when we begin, right? So that one detail she got it right. That's got, that's that's amazing. Anything else that anybody else remembers? The enemy attacks our defenses. He has a way of. Uh, Uh, overcoming all the things that we think are our best defenses. So we were talking about what are those things that can truly defend us in this season. We were talking about that last night, right? And we, we learned one particular example. Who was that example? Aaron. Do you remember the story of Aaron? How his anointing, the anointing upon his life was his protection even when he went wrong. Even when he missed the plan of God. Even when he rebelled against the man of God, the anointing upon his life continued to protect him. And why was there an anointing upon his life? Because of the assignment that he was doing. If there, if you are not involved in doing the assignment, then you do not have the anointing. Then you don't need the anointing. If you don't have the anointing, you will not have the protection. So if you need the protection, you align yourself to the assign assignment and the assignment will automatically attract the anointing and that anointing will be your greatest protection. You know, I was uh, almost amazed how the Bible says that as soon as Moses appointed the successor to Aaron, Eleazar was the successor to Aaron, the Bible says as soon as they took his clothes off of him. Okay, you know what clothes he was wearing? He was wearing the high priest's clothes. That is what was mandatory. As a high priest, he had to wear those clothes and carry the church or the, the, the nation before God. As soon as his high priestly garments were removed, the Bible says he died. He couldn't sustain one more day outside of his assignment. As long as he remained in his assignment, he was alive. But the day, the, it's, it's very, you know, it doesn't say that he died and then Aaron, then Moses put his clothes on somebody else. It says that, that he put his clothes on somebody else, appointed a successor, and immediately he died. See, the successor was appointed long time back. Everybody knew Eliezer is going to be the next high priest, but the exchange of clothing had not happened, you know, the, the cloth that was on Aaron was, was his protection, right? You remember the anointing upon your life that he was anointed from the head to the toe and because of the assignment upon his life and as soon as that clothing got shifted to Eliezer the Bible says Aaron died and the entire nation of Israel mourned for him so let me repeat this again The only thing that will be your greatest defense in every season of your life is going to be the anointing of God, the presence of God, the power of God over your life. And if you want to experience that anointing of God, then you have to align yourself into the assignment of God. Outside the assignment, there is no anointing. See, some people can get out of the assignment and still function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit but may not necessarily function in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? You can function in the gifts, but without the anointing. See, the gifts is something very powerful. You should understand that the gifts of God is irrevocable. Once God gives you the gift, you can still prophesy, you can still sing like before, you can still preach like before, you can still work wonders and miracles, and you may think that you're anointed. No, that's not the proof of your anointing. The, uh, you know, just because you have miracles or signs and wonders doesn't mean that you're anointed. You understand what I'm saying? Even the signs and the wonders need to be anointed by the Lord for it to be sustained, for it to be something that will not be stolen, something that it'll, it'll be a blessing to people. Amen? Uh, I have recorded a podcast on... Uh, For the next week, I think this will go up, James chapter 3 and verse 17. It gives a detailed understanding about the wisdom that comes from above. How to discern if the wisdom that you get, if the content that you get, if it is truly from God or if it is not from God. It is necessary for us to understand what kind of stuff comes from people, what comes from human traditions, and what truly comes from God. Amen? Anything else that you remember before we go ahead? From the book of Joel, chapter 1 and chapter 2. What do you remember? Do you, do you remember anything about the attack? Who is attacking? The that is attacking. And how many levels of attacks are there? Four levels of attacks. And even as these attacks come, you see that these locusts have very peculiar properties which make them look extremely demonic. They don't look like physical locusts. They look like demonic spirits that are trying to come to steal the peace and, and to destroy their lives and to, and to uh, destroy their productivity and to make sure that there is no wine in their mouth. There is no worship in their life, right? Now, in chapter 2, we saw... How these guys, they come in an organized fashion. That's what we learned yesterday. How they don't jostle each other. They are very organized and they uh, are constantly marching forward. Now, tonight, I'm going to give you a scripture that is going to blow your mind away. Because still now, we are looking at it as an attack of the enemy, right? But tonight, let's read this scripture. So, we are just going to get stuck in this one verse for the whole of this evening. And we'll go into worship. Joel chapter 2 and verse 11. The Bible says, The Lord is at the head of the column. He leads them with a shout. This is His mighty army. And they follow His orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can possibly survive? What do you understand from this scripture? remember the context remember the army that is coming remember the destruction that is happening now let's read this again go back to verse 11, read it again the Lord, the Hebrew in Hebrew it will be the Yahweh is at the head of the column. you remember they are traveling in an organized fashion and it says that Yahweh is at the Head of the column or at the head of this attack. He leads them with a shout. This is his Mahiti army. And they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome and a terrible thing. Who can possibly survive? Wait a minute. We are talking about surviving an attack that God has allowed. Surviving an attack that God is leading. Surviving an attack where God is is judging his people for their lack of obedience. God is judging his people for their lack of discipline. God is judging his people for their lack of sincerity, for their lack of loyalty to him, for their lack of faithfulness to him. And the Bible says, hey, look at this. Look at how organized this attack is. And look at the fact that God is the one who is your enemy right now. See, you know, there, was this, there is a story in the Bible of how the prophet came to David and David had just committed a sin. And the prophet came and told him, I'm going to give you three options. Either your, you, your nation will have famine for three years I think this is the last chapter in 2 Samuel if I'm not wrong. He said, either your nation will have famine for three years or your nation will be, uh, you know, uh, the enemy will chase you for three months or there will be plague for three days. So uh, this was the questions that, this was the three options that the prophet gave to David. And so David weighed his options, and the David is like asking himself and uh, praying and wondering what is the best solution to uh, this issue. And he says, "Okay, if I go through famine, I'm 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 at the mercy of the people around us to provide for us. If I go through a, a, a season of a- attacks by my enemies, I'm at their mercy." But if I go into the hands of God, if I fall into the hands of God, I am, at the hand, I am at the mercy of God. And see, if you compare the number of people that died in three days versus the number of people that could have died in a war or that could have died in a famine, I'm telling you those three days because here angels are coming and killing people all over the nation. It's not like a... Uh, A a tiny number, a huge number of people God killed in that plague in those three days But David said in spite of the losses In spite of the magnitude It is better that I be disciplined by God Than for me to be falling into the hands of my enemy Now if I fall into the hands of my enemy My losses will be much lesser But I know that I will not find mercy but if I fall into the hands of God, I know and I know and I know that my God is a merciful God. And I know that every time the Lord will take something away, he will also give it back. You know, that's the song that Job sang when, when, when uh, he, he went into, the, into this season of attacks. What did he sing? He said, Lord, you give and you take away. He, he, he was acknowledging the fact that the same God that takes away is also the same God who gives me. The same God who gives me blessings is the same God who has the right to take away the blessings. And, and here, is, here is the Lord saying, hey, this terrible thing that has happened, this terrible day of the Lord that is going on in your land, in your nation, is because I am in it. I have loved it. I am sovereign. I am in control of this attack that I am the one who is leading this attack against your life, against your church, against your ministry, against your nation. And that is, is, is not something that we came expecting to hear in church, that God is against you, that God is fighting against you. But I'd like to read a scripture that Rashmi uh, sent me the other day, and I got stuck with that scripture. I think it was just yesterday night Numbers chapter 14, verse uh, 34. Let's go and read Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 14 and verse 34. I want us to get to the root of this. See, the Bible says that when, when we were still his enemies, Christ died for us, right? Yes, no, maybe, maybe not. Do you know the scripture in the book of Romans. That while we were still his enemies, not when we were his friends, but when we were still his enemies, Christ loved us and he gave himself up for us and he died for us. So God, if he is our enemy, it's, uh, it doesn't mean that God wouldn't do anything to bring you out of that. In spite of our position as his enemy, God will still send his own son, how much more would he give help from every direction to change your identity, to change your position, right? Now, understanding that, let's read this scripture. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 34, it says, Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for how many years? For 40 years. One year for each day Suffering the consequences of your sins Then you will discover Read it with me Read that line as scary as that is Want you to read it with me Then you will discover What it is like to have me for an enemy God is telling the nation that he rescued That he brought out from Egypt That he, you know, gave them salvation, filled them with manna, quail, all of that. And God is telling them, guys, I want you to have a taste of what it means to have me as your enemy. I want you to have a taste, have an experience because of something brutal that these guys did. What did they do? See, over a long period of time, they did a lot of horrible mistakes. They committed idol worship. They committed sexual immorality they disobeyed they rebelled against their leaders they did a lot of those things that God forgave God loved a temporary plague but God never said I'm going to become your enemy now but there was this one thing that they did that turned them into enemies of God what was that one thing? any answers? what do you think? what was the one thing that what was their mistake? That, that they became enemies of God. Let me ask you like this. What is it that you can do to become the friends of God? What do you have to do to become the friends of God? Faith. Amen. Come on. Bible says while we were still his enemies, Jesus died for us. So how do we become the family of God? How do we become children of God? By faith not church membership not your tithes and offerings not your extended hours of worship and fasting no how do you how do you become a child of god by faith so the one thing that can repeal and bring you back to that place of becoming an enemy of god is when you step out of faith when you lose your trust in god see see isn't this crazy that god Did not punish them like this, even for sexual immorality. You can see in another place where Balaam, the the prophet Balaam, he inspired the Moabites to go and commit sexual sins with the people of Israel. God loved a temporary plague, but God did not say, I'm going to be your enemy from now onwards. But here they committed a mistake which was so big that God said, hey, no, no, no. Now you are my enemy. Now you will understand what it means to be on my wrong side. God is saying, You are my enemy if you do this. So that is why it's necessary for us to understand what was this sin that these guys committed? What was the mistake that they made? That if they could make this one mistake and that could turn God to become their enemy, what was that mistake that they made? Lack of faith, lack of trust in God. God told them it was not their idea God gave them an instruction saying go into the land of Canaan pick up 12 able, faithful you know, leaders among you and go into the land of Canaan and go and scout out the land and find out how the land is and come back Amen? 12 people right? You know the story, right? I don't have to explain this to you 12 people who would go into the land of Canaan and go and check out the land and then come. And the Bible says, out of this 10, out of this 12, 10 of them, they came and said, that's it. I don't think we can do this. Wait a minute. Didn't God know that there are Nephilims there? Didn't God know that this is a difficult place for them in their strength? Still, God loved them to go and scout the land, Right? And here are the people where, you know, they come back from the land, they see the problems and the challenges of the land and they come back and they begin to open their mouth and speak things that will be exactly opposite to what God was planning to give them. So, the Bible says, God had told them that I'm going to take you into this land, right? And they come out and say, no. No. It's not possible. We can never enter this land. The land is amazing, the land is good but there are Nephilims in the land. These Nephilims, we are like grasshoppers in front of them. So what they did was that they mistrusted God by looking down on themselves. Do you know what, what was the mistake they did? They disbelieved God by looking down on Themselves, And that was the one sin that God said, okay, I cannot forgive this one. For this, for each day of unbelief that you've had, each day, okay? They roamed in, in Canaan for 40 days. They were checking out the grapes and the, uh, the, the, the military systems and the fruits and the landscapes and all of that. They're checking out everything. And Now God says, for each day of disbelief that you had, Because every time they would see something negative, that they would open their mouth and speak negative things. And God says, for each time you said something negative with your mouth, you're going to lose one ear. For each day of disbelief, you will be pushed away from your promises by one ear. By one ear. Can you imagine that? Now God is saying, you, you just became my enemy by doing that. Now I will show you. Because God says, I've got all the time in the world. (laughs) You are the ones who don't have time. I'm ready to wait 40 years, 120 years, 400 years. If need be, I will wait to fulfill my promises. But I will fulfill my promises. But you guys don't have enough time for that. So if you walk in disbelief, if you open your mouth and speak things that are contrary to what God has spoken in His word about your life, when you curse your own life with your own words, with your own actions, with your own confessions, you're not hurting God, you are delaying your promises. You are hurting yourself. And the Bible says that God turns around and says, wait a minute, now you will know what it means to have me as your enemy. Because I am going to be the one leading this attack against you now. All this while it was the Moabites and the Ammonites and the, and the Amalekites and the, all these kites that were there in Canaan. But now I will be in the head of the column. These army that is going to come after me, they are going to follow my orders. Now you will know what it means to have me as your enemy. Man, isn't that a scary place to be in? And the Lord is calling us to repentance. The Lord is calling us to repent from disbelief. Repent from unbelief. Can somebody find me that scripture where where Joshua and Caleb, I want us to read that and I want us to confess that together. where Joshua and Caleb uh, came and they said something. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Give me this in the ESV translation if you can. Numbers chapter 14 and verse 5 onwards. Verse sits onwards. Numbers chapter 14, verse sits onwards in the ESV translation. Let me, let me read it for you. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes there were two people who had the right understanding. These are the two that survived the wilderness. These are the only two people who actually entered into the promises, right? This is what they said. They tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Only, verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land. For they are bread for us. I want us to say this out loud. They are bread for us. Do you have that in your Bibles in verse 9? What are some of the other, other translations of, of that? Um, of that, come on, just... Uh, they are only helpless, pray for us. Okay, we are going to feast on these guys. They are going to become our food. Okay, you... I want us to begin to confess the exact opposite of what the ten confessed tonight. We have to say, hey, wait a minute, what, what... What are the enemies? What are the challenges that I face? That is going to become my bread. That is going to bring me income. That is going to bring, make me a millionaire. You know, you know just, just think about your problems. What are your problems? Health issues, financial issues, you know, your... Uh, ministry challenges, whatever areas. Can you confess the opposite in those areas and say, this one thing that I thought is my weakness, is my struggle, is going to become my bread. It is going to become my source of income. I will, I will, you know devil you have no idea what what you lost by attacking me in this area. I am going to write a book about how to fight this sickness. I'm going to write a book about how to overcome this addiction. I am going to go bonkers in proving to the enemy that this was uh, the, the worst mistake you could have made. I am, I, I am I'm speaking by faith. I'm speaking by faith. I'm not going to rebel against the Lord, nor am I going to fear the people of this land or my attackers or, or the ones that are trying to bring me down. Instead, what I'm going to confess is that these things are going to become my bread. Can you do this? Can you, do you have the faith to do that? Don't do it because I'm asking you to do it, but do you have the faith to do that tonight? Do you have the faith to believe that your struggles... Will make way for your provision tomorrow. Your struggles will make way to for 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 your bread and butter. Your struggles will become your food for tomorrow. Your struggles will be what will make you rich. That is what will make you the you know attractive to the people around you. You know that is what will make you famous. That is what will make you look. to to, to stand out of the normal, to stand out of the ordinary. Instead of saying, wait a minute, if only I did not have this giant in my life. If only this Nephilim did not attack me at this time. If only God had left me back there in the Egypt. If only I, I would have died here in the wilderness. Instead of confessing all these negative things that delay your blessing, that make God become your enemy. Can you confess the opposite and can you say, yes, this people of the land, no matter how big they are, that is, I'm going to put him between two slices of bread and I'm going to have him as my sandwich. I don't care if if you guys agree or you want it or not. I know that I want it and I know that I'm believing that for every area of mistakes and challenges. You know, I have my fair share of mistakes. I have my fair share of troubles, I have my fair share of struggles and, and, and lacks and limitations. But, but what I believe is that every area where I lack something, man, I've, I've written down the titles of the books that I will release about those topics. And I know they will be bestsellers, and I know that I'll make a lot of money. Just because the enemy tried attacking me in this one area, I am going to make a lot of money just because one giant tried to take me out in this one area. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every struggle in your life is for your bread and butter. Every struggle in your life is to make you rich, is to make you wealthier. What happened to Job after the attack? His, 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 his wealth became double. His family became double. You know, something about his family is this. You know, you see that his donkeys and his camels, he got double of everything. But his children, he did not get double. He got the exact 10 same children that he got. And sometime back, somebody shared this and it was such a big revelation for us. And, and he said, hey, the properties that they lost was Physical. You know, they and the enemy took them away, right? But the children, the enemy did not take them. They went into the presence of God. So that was not a loss. You understand what I'm saying? The children were not a loss in the first place. So technically, God had to only give him 10 more children because now he has 10 in heaven and 10 here on the earth. Now he has 20 children. The donkeys, that once it's gone, it's, a, it's gone, it's lost. It's not coming back. So God had to give him double the number of donkeys. But when it came to the children, God just said, okay, 10 more children. So no loss that you experience, that anything that God takes away is not a loss for you. It is, it is going to be there for you. Anything that you give to God and you say, Lord, this belongs to you, that's never a loss there is always something that you can go back to and lean on for all eternity. Amen? The one reason why the enemy attacked Job, which the enemy himself didn't know. See, this is where God is sovereign. This is where God is above it all. The enemy himself did not know that I am making Job all the more wealthier with this. I am making Job all the more prosperous with this attack. If he knew that, he would have left Job alone. And the beauty of the whole thing is that God used the enemy, the attack of the enemy to make Job twice as wealthy, twice as healthy, twice as strong, twice as uh, prosperous as he was before the attack came. Amen? So I want to release this over your life. I want to release this. My prayer is that none of us will be in this place that, that would say, Lord... Uh, that, uh, that, that you're going to make statements that is going to make God your enemy. No, no, no. That is not our portion. We, we can fight anybody, but we cannot fight God. We have to fall at His mercy and we have to say, Lord, here I am. I'm, I'm falling at your feet. I'm falling at your mercy. I'm laying myself down at your mercy. Come and have your way. Just come and do your thing. Just come and just let me, let me surrender my life a hundred percent to your will, to your plans, to your ways. I don't want to have you as my enemy. And I want you to begin to confess what Joshua and Caleb confessed. And you have to say, Lord, my enemies are going to become my bread. That's my sandwich. That is my best-selling book. That is my business idea. That is my ministry. That is going to be my ministry. Some of you who are struggling with some areas, the Lord is going to use those same areas to birth your ministry. Those same areas will become your ministry. Those same areas you will speak to generations to come. Those same areas will become your bread and butter. Those same areas you will, will, will bring you Money and, and and resources like never before. Those same areas, those same areas. Come on, pray with me. Team, can you come up on the stage? Malakabora malandere gile deregela shalandere diki ramalama salaburo co sere kerevere villanananandere shiki la radarabalabo samana mamma malandere belebere kiriki. Yes, this is the time for us to repent Of our sins of unbelief What are those statements that you have made In unbelief This is the time for you to repent of those sins This is the time for you to withdraw those statements And say, Lord, I, I withdraw this I, I, I take this back I'm sorry for this. I will, this, this is what I spoke when I was unbelieving, this is what I spoke when I was not having the right perspective and understanding but I take this back right now. Tonight I take this back, I do not want to go. Further For one more day in that same mindset I renew my mind I know that for every day of unbelief I may lose a year that my, that my promises will be delayed further and further But tonight Lord I want to walk in belief Tonight I want to walk in faith Tonight I want to walk in total trust Tonight I want to walk in complete understanding Of, of what you are doing in our lives God Tonight, tonight, tonight Yes mala kaseke rebere mandere silana mambolo buro koroshiri kiramana mandele dikhilana mala gadar gadara dira kamala mandere mikhiran mala momo momo shekese dikhilana nanada ragala help my unbelief some of you that have this unbelief in your heart can you pray can you tell the Lord Lord help my unbelief tonight help my unbelief help me to overcome my unbelief shila Rasalamana mandale, andale reekha mandara bo lobo Yes, come on, come on I want you to make a battle In your own mind I want you to battle Every thought of unbelief Every thought of negativity Every thought that is not originated by God Every word, every confession That is not from God Everything that, that God doesn't say about you Everything If you see yourself as a grasshopper But God doesn't see you as a grasshopper I want you to confess. I want you to make a warfare against that grasshopper mentality tonight in Jesus' name. Shikala mana manamandorobo sele gere villa barabola bo corobula garamana mam there. Shiki ramalore sele kere gere Mira lagaba sandare. SIRALA la garabala mana